ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This is Spoke, the all-new and exclusive podcast series with me, Chidera, a.k.a. The Slum Flower. And me, Sully Breaks, poet, writer, spoken word, artist, etc., etc. Where we discuss issues at the heart of youth culture and how music and literature are shaping the conversation. For me, becoming isn't about arriving somewhere or achieving a certain aim. I see it instead as forward motion, a means of evolving, a way to reach continuously towards a better self. The journey doesn't end. Michelle Obama. My journey is the journey of always, continually evolving, that there is never a point where you arrive at a thing. And if you do, that's kind of sad. Michelle Obama. Our culture has conditioned us to grow up wanting to be something. Young people are constantly asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or... What are you going to do with your life? And the pressure to find your purpose can feel overwhelming. With the constant temptation to compare yourself to others over social media, it can often feel like we're not doing enough to reach our true potential or that we have not found out what we are really passionate about. And these feelings of inadequacy can leave us feeling isolated. But what if we were to change the conversation? And if we were to understand that each of our purposes and paths are unique and no two people's journeys will ever be the same? In this episode, we talk about becoming, the struggles, the triumphs, and the never-ending journey of finding out who you are. Cheese! You know, you know, you know, what are you saying, Chidi, man? Do you know what? I'm really interested and fascinated by the concept of becoming, because I think you never, ever finish meeting yourself. And that's something that makes life as exciting and as exhausting as it is. Oh, yeah. Because the process of finding yourself, it is fun when you discover new sides of who you are, but then it's also really draining when you recognise that on the other side of those new sides of who you are are a bunch of issues that you've got to sort through because those issues definitely do affect the way we approach situations. I think a hundred. I think that's what it goes back to what you're saying in the conversation because we're kind of conditioned to believe that we're going to get to a complete version of ourselves, a version of ourselves we're going to be content with. Mm. But I think the reality is when you realise that, rah, okay, I wasn't, con- not necessarily not content, but I've evolved past this person. Yeah. But this person I am now has different responsibilities, different requirements, different agendas. And it's kind of like overwhelming at times. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So I get, I get what you say. It's that kind of double-edged sword of like, attainment and fulfillment but at the same time fear of the unknown you know and and fear of of growth and changing 
Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation with two wonderful people. We amazing, have amazing people us. in the building today. We're, we're going to get into a really exciting discussion about yes, yes, every yes. individual person in this room's journey to becoming their self. Catalyst around yeah, the lady herself, yes, around the main lady it. herself, Michelle Obama. You know, she's yes. the inspiration for this conversation we're going to have. She's the catalyst for it. She's the she's the muse. The driving force. Yeah. The author of Becoming as well but we're going to talk about this with Florence hello we have Florence who's going to introduce herself but the rules the rules are there is no downplaying your achievements <sighs> there is no small talk about how great you are yeah you, you got you got you got to come with it you got to come with it and be be authentic you know what i mean okay. this is your pitch this is not an introduction this is your pitch so let everyone That's know right. who you are got imagine it. if okay. Michelle's listening to this right now sure. exactly <laughs> all right i got it okay so i'm an illustrator Jeez. um i am an so i'm a, Illustrator, designer, uh, social issues, activist. Um, and I basically try to convey things that I'm learning about myself and the world around me through my artwork and my creativity. Mm-hmm. And also I think that the work I do, as I learned yesterday, actually, a panel discussion, is actually a form of self-care mm. because um, it's a way of reminding myself that... Um, all this, I guess for me, I do feel a responsibility to be constantly equipping young women and femmes with the information that I am learning. Because yeah, if yeah. I'd known this five years ago, I wouldn't have been. I just think the terminology that I know now is yeah. so important to who I am as a person because it validifies my experiences. And, it, you know, th- like the words such as victim blaming or sexual harassment. If I, I didn't know those words five years ago and yeah. I was blaming myself. Right. So I think, I guess I just want to equip young women with that kind of knowledge. And that's what, that's what I do in my work. You do, you do do a wonderful like job at that, Thank and I need you. to. I need to let everyone know. Florence is only nineteen years old. I turned twenty oh. last week. You, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> she's only twenty. So that means that when she was doing all the stuff she's been doing, she was only nineteen when 19 she was doing it, and which is mad. Well. And eighteen, you started doing yeah. this around eighteen years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Do you know what I was doing at eighteen years old? No, babe. I was beefing people on Twitter. That's what I was doing. Yeah. You don't want to know <laughs> what I was doing at eighteen. I don't yeah. think Twitter was about when I was eighteen. So I was beefing people in <laughs> on, on, on in my random space, places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emerson, Emerson, Emerson was the thing. We're also joined by someone who I'm really excited to introduce. Amazing brother. His name is Dref. But can you please say what? your full name is because you have a really beautiful set of names come on we Nico, he's, he's, he's a guardian brother he's a guardian brother you know I, I can give you the name let me know if I'm wrong though innit Nikwe Dref Jani yeah you're right on Charlie. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, you want to explain Charlie. what Nikwe means okay so Nikwe means uh, the part, first part of it Ni means king Jeez. so um, yeah you're in the presence of royalty right? definitely bow 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 Dref is a name I made up um, literally I was sitting in bed uh, around 1990 and I was trying to think of a name that no one would have and I thought yeah Dref sounds strong and nobody's going to have that and they didn't f- for a long time I've still not met anyone called Dref so no. there's a couple there's a couple there's okay. a couple in America <laughs> often imitated but you know yeah, never replicated I'm never replicated I hear that Dref, do, you want to tell us, do you want to tell us what you do? I'm a visual artist mm. and also I'm a, 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 a school teacher as well so. Too humble, too humble, too wow. humble. Let's rewind that. Let's rewind. Let's tell okay. us what you do. My name's Nikwe Dreth Johnny, <laughs> and I'm not a boss. I'm a boss. <laughs> a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the rose. <laughs> Why are you a boss? Because I work for myself. Yes. Jeez. And my peoples. What does your work entail? Um, 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 I'm a basically a visual artist, most known for painting large-scale portraits in the street. Yeah. So, um... Last year I did a project called um, You Are Enough, was essentially painting 10 portraits of um, women from my own social circles. 
So these were everyday women whose stories resonated with me and who inspired me. So I painted um, different parts of London and... Um, yeah, that that was a for me it was a very successful project, and a lot of people got to know my work through that. It yeah, was. I did. It's on my street. It's amazing. You go. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you made the piece um, to support the current campaign of um, Michelle Obama's. Um, that's, that's right. That's becoming right. as well. Can so, you explain that? So, piece? so what happened was is um, there's a couple of paintings of mine in Shoreditch, and um, Amelia from Penguin. Um, she was asked by her son to accompany her on the street art tour. And while she was on the street art tour, she saw the two paintings I had in Shoreditch and she knew that um, Penguin were going to be dealing with the forthcoming book. So she had me in mind and she's been following my work since then. So when it was time to um, start thinking about marketing campaigns for the book, she um, approached me and um, essentially said that um, they wanted to uh, use, you know, work with me um, in some capacity. And I explained to her that, you know, I'm, I have a very clear methodology in which um, I work and um, I'm not really trying to uh, paint adverts. Um, and what was beautiful is that there was a discussion right from the beginning um, of us collaborating and, and essentially, you know, I sourced the wall, I, I, I presented the imagery that I wanted to paint and um, dealt with all, all of those different elements that I would do with my own work. And yeah, it was it was really nice uh, to present. Essentially, we painted in Brixton to present Brixton with um, this mural, um, and was just really embraced by the whole community. It's a really beautiful thing to be able to leave a legacy for the community. No, it's amazing. It's amazing just to be able to have uh, like um like kind of a commission or whatever, or kind of like the opportunity of that magnitude. That's we're right. talking about the first lady, then we're talking about that's, that's the, right. the first black first lady. Do you that's get right. what I'm saying? So this that's is right. this is big stuff we're dealing with here. So if we're taking it back, we're talking about like historically and what she's achieved. I mean, I was watching her interview and she was talking about how she had all different kind of aspirations for herself when she was younger. So maybe I'll start with you, Florence. Like yeah, yeah, I'm sure. sure all of us had things we wanted to be when we was younger, but yeah. we eventually yeah. evolved into different different kind kind of like yeah. representations of mm-hmm. that you know I mean when I was young I wanted to be a superhero that's straight up I used to make little <laughs> weapons you're a all superhero things. now though <laughs> yeah maybe to some people you know what I'm saying maybe to to my mum yeah but yeah but, but guys, every, every superhero is still only going to be a superhero to some people like do you think Superman can Ooh. survive in Wakanda bro uh, it's true it's true it's true <laughs> when a vibranium comes out it's a rap I get what you're saying <laughs> so, so if we're gonna... <laughs> Florence yeah what did you want to be? What did you want to be when you're younger? When you I grow feel up? like I'm still younger. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. I feel like it's one of those things where. Okay. Um, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Because then? <laughs> I feel like it's, it's a really tricky position because I recently told people how old I was on, on my Instagram because a lot of people were mistaking me for a 30 year old woman because mm. of the things I talk about. Yeah. And while <laughs> while I take that as a compliment, <laughs> you're like, actually you know, like, you know in cartoons when it's like three children inside a coat yeah, to get That's into the club. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, yeah. And this whole time people thought that I was like this 30 year old woman because of things I was talking about and I understand that it's it, you know it's it's um I do talk with a lot of confidence about the yeah it's mature discuss. content yeah for mm. sure yeah, yeah yeah so while I took it as a compliment it was also really annoying because I'd meet people in real life and they'd say oh god you look so young for your age and I'd be like <laughs> I, 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 I am 19 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so when I it's this kind of I already have a lot of imposter syndrome about my work so then when people because I'm so young and I'm going into even even these spaces I feel yeah. like I'm not supposed to be here so in terms of my purpose and finding my purpose for what do I want to be when I grow up I feel that a lot of people now especially when when you have a following and a lot of people look at you as a source of strength there is this pressure to be an idol and that you do have a purpose Mm. and I think that people put that purpose on you instead and actually you you 
you kind of you're not allowed to be yourself and I think that it's really important to acknowledge that um you know I am allowed to do things that don't serve to empower you just and you're allowed you to be wrong way. as well yeah. for sure because yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. only way you actually learn exactly any anything that I have um I would not be the strong and fearless woman I am today if it was not for going through and growing through things where I, I either I made mistakes or horrible things happened to me but um that's gone so far away from the question no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah no you yeah, answered it perfectly yeah yeah sure so, so in terms of what I want to be when I grow up I think that there is an underlying theme of I want to equip young women with the knowledge that I'm learning about and that I've learned from such a young age um but I guess I'm just doing it I'm doing it as I go along yeah. you know and I think as long as I'm doing this and I think as long as you decide your purpose and what makes you happy yeah that is important and then that that has a knock-on effect on other people when you know yourself um other people pick that up and they want a bit of it and then they become themselves and yeah, for sure. But I think it's it's with a woman, it's definitely an age thing as well. Because I remember when I did tell people my age, a lot of women who were like 25 years old were like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Because yeah. I'm 25. I mean, that's so young. But with women, you know, we are told that our worth as human beings is intrinsically linked to our beauty. Yeah. Quote, unquote, beauty. Quote, yeah. So, um, and I think that it's, defi- it's definitely different for um, women or people who identify as women because of... Um, yeah, that the whole age thing and that we are supposed to be desirable and then once we're no longer desirable, we're not worth anything. So it's, mm. I feel like there's a lot of a, a, a time limit on a societal time limit. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist, but it, this is the world that we live in. And um, I think, yeah, it's definitely different for women in terms of finding your purpose. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going with what fires me up inside and letting that, that guide me because, yeah, I, d- I just have... What, what gets me angry? What do I want to talk about? Um, what am I learning about myself? What yeah. am I checking myself with? And what can I hold other people accountable for? I, f- I think that's even important because I think that's what Michelle tried to touch on more so in her message. The fact that, like, we're talking about completion and, you know, trying to ascertain to a certain version of ourselves. when, like you said, it's all about being enthused about mm. your growth and learning through the, and evolving through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that is actually interesting. I think that's what the whole theme of this whole conversation is about. Yeah. So if I t- if I took it to unique way, right? mm. so if we're talking in a s- similar vein, you know, me and you are a bit we're a bit more mature, you know, we're not nineteen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so um, how was your whole like childhood shaped, and where did you think it was going before we kind of came to this realization that no, it's never really going anywhere until we decide where we're going next? Okay, so I was brought up in Windsor, and um, I definitely felt like I didn't fit in there near the castle. Yeah. I was going to say that as well. Yeah, yeah, let me not, let me not, let me not. But you've been there though, innit? I mean, that's just... No, I've been to Clarence House. Okay, sorry, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. Bear hotting me up, bro. Yeah, so I was brought up in Windsor. I didn't feel like I I, I fit in there. So uh, I used graffiti as a a vehicle for me to explore and I spent a lot of my young, young uh, days in London. Um, Was that legal at the time? Illegally. As a traditional graffiti artist, tagging, painting trains, track sides all of that and after getting arrested a couple of times uh, as you do <laughs> with african parents you know what I, mean? uh, I, I, I thought it was it was better for my backside to um to to, to find an uh, you know another path so i went and did, you know went to university did my um Sorry, sorry to stop you there. How was that conversation? You telling like your Ghanaian parents that i'm arrested because i was scribbling on the side of the train or oh, it didn't really work like that it was more like <laughs> 
I got caught paying on the train and then they took me home to search the house. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it, it was like that. Okay, Wait, okay. Why okay. did you search the house? <laughs> because what they do is they come and look for more evidence. Yeah, because that, that's how that's how it works. Like, did they find loads of like, spray cans? Yeah, all of that. Magazines, books, the, the whole lot. So, yeah, it's not cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool yeah, twice. Yeah, my mum and yeah, mum. <laughs> and you know, the, the journey, the journey from London to, to, to Windsor is a long journey. So <laughs> I was just anticipating what was going to go down. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, after university, I, I spent quite a long time trying to work out w- what, what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it. And that's why this, this whole the theme of today's show is really interesting to me, because I was very anxious that I wanted to know what I was and what I was doing. And now I've realised that that's not a destination. It is mm-hmm. literally a journey exactly that. that you go yeah, through exactly your, your whole life. And the thing that's been most important to me is not to stop. And even though you're moving forward in in a way that you necessarily might not think is going to contribute to the end goal of finding yourself, just moving forward is enough. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. where I am now is a culmination of just the steps that I took to get to this point. And the falling down is just as important as the running. See what I'm saying? So, yeah, definitely I'd I'd say to anybody who is feeling... um, that way is just to not stop. It's important thing is not to stop. And if you stop as well, it's not not a bad thing. Stop a reflection is also important in this journey. So, dope, When was the last time you stopped? I haven't stopped for a couple of years because I've been quite, quite, quite busy. High in but demand. He's been <coughs> in demand. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd say probably two years ago, like just before I got to this this place, um, and also like when I was teaching because I spent quite a bit of time teaching. So during that time of teaching, and I'm feeling like, ah, oh, I'm not doing real, really want to be do. I want to be out in them streets Wait, painting. What do you, what do you teach? Um, I'm an art teacher. Oh my god, you're oh, an wow. art teacher. You'd be the coolest art teacher. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'm the coolest art teacher for like a day. But then tell, it's not tell like that story you told me. Um, we were talking when we were talking before we got in here about Instagram. The guy Instagram yeah, after he left. It was just a bit mad because like. You know, I don't go into the classroom and start saying, hey, guys, I'm your new art teacher. I'm Jeff. It doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> How's it so work? I just have, I'm just there. I'm just Are doing my Mr. thing. Mr. Like, Johnny, like, yeah. Oh. So I'm there doing my bits and, and it was a quite a tough school. And when the, when the kids get to that point, I just say to him, listen, I've got my GCSEs. Like, you're not doing this for me. And kids don't get that. They think that when you give them work to do, you're doing it, they think you're, you know, asked them to do it for you. you. Yeah. It's like, nah, nah, I've got my GCSEs, this is for you. Like, yeah. I will do my best to teach you, but, you know, you've got to give me the mandate to teach you. Yeah. So I'm trying to get them to understand, and obviously, like, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids, they're not going to get that. Yeah. So anyway, towards the the last week, somebody found my Instagram, and it, oh was, going, it was going around. I was, I was cool with that, because I was just about to leave. So I was like, you know, <laughs> do your thing. But then a couple of months later, one of the kids like messaged me and he's like, oh, Jeff, and I was so, so, sir, you know, really sorry. Like, I realised I should have listened to you, you know, because he's, he's seen... After he's left school now? Yeah, no, after I'd left, because he started, oh. see, he started seeing, you know, you know, however many followers and they think that's all important. <laughs> Actually, sir's cool. You yeah. know I mean? <laughs> and, and I've got to be honest, I aired him. He had to get aired. Because wow. I was like, I told you, you should have listened. Yeah, you can get it. <laughs> you had your chance. Look at that. <laughs> Right. So let's get into the items that you both came with. Florence, do you want to start with your item? Okay, so I brought in a quote that I thought we would um, 
obviously I think part of finding your purpose is that with, with social media comes a lot of pressure and comparison constantly mm. to other mm. people where they are in their lives. And there was this tweet the other day um, written by Wesley Snipes. I think it was like... Uh, I don't think it's his original quote. I think he kind of added something on the end to it. Okay. But basically, it is, yeah. yeah, it said, do not let the internet rush you. No one is posting their failures. And I have made quite a few illustrations on uh, social media before. Um, basically, I think it, it, it really sat with me. Just, just that first sentence, do not let the internet rush you. Mm. Because I think so many times, like I said, when I told people that I was 19 years old, they felt this kind of... Rush. Oh my God, this floss is 19 years old and she's done all this stuff. Um, and actually, I mean, I've had the, the most wild year, like, and I don't think that it's, I wouldn't even tell people to do what I've done because it's just, it's just been so unhealthy. Like, I've not slept to get jobs done. Um, I'm, I'm Tadara, I'm sure you, you've had like the most knackering year. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you about my failures. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where actually people, you know, people don't know what's gone on behind it. No one posts their failures. No one mm-hmm. posts the days where I was in bed, like absolutely anxious um, about something when I was holding this campaign over summer um, and I was on the news and this was the first time I was being on the news and I was like so anxious after I had to take some time for myself. Um, and I just think it's so important to remember that, yeah, no one is posting their failures online. Instagram is a highlight reel. It is everybody's yeah. best bits. And um, just to be cognizant of that all the time and to have that filter on that um, you're never going to see people's struggles or their failures, yeah. even not just with how they look. Um, and I think it's, it's funny now, as I talk to more women uh, who are self-employed creatives like ourselves, um, we're no longer comparing our bodies with each other. It's <laughs> what, what jobs we're booking. Yeah. And it, that's really funny because how, okay, so it's not a good thing, but it's a better thing because we're becoming more aware of, okay, we understand of achievement, beauty you standards. Mean, yeah. we, we get that now. That's it's like, just yeah, a standard. It's not, yeah. and now it's like, okay, what's she doing with her career? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I think that's the thing is that we, we get caught up now um, and I'm just speaking for the women that I've spoken to in London who are self-employed. We're looking at other, oh gosh, she's busy this week. You know, I, I've, not been, I've not been booked, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, we're not comparing each other's bodies anymore. We're yeah. looking beyond wow, that. Which is, that yeah, no, I thought about it the other day because I thought, of course, it, it is a step forward because we're no longer looking it's at... It's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. It's I, really weird. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But yeah, that quote, do not let the internet rush you. Uh, no one's posting their failures. It's so important yeah. because I, so many people said to me, that, oh, that really helped me because I compare myself to you. But I compare... I compare myself to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we all do it. No matter no matter where you are in life, you're always going to have that thought. Yeah, it's true. I think I'm that... sure Michelle Obama compares herself oh to people. God. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder who she compares herself to. But I think Oprah. that. <laughs> mm, <laughs> wouldn't. But I yeah. think that quote of "Do not let the internet rush you." No one's posting their failures is really important. Hmm. So for me, I'm sure people will look at me and think, "Oh my god, this girl, she's so sick." Like, I wish I agree with this girl. She's Queen so of Peckham. Sick. Queen of Peckham. <laughs> Every week there's something going on. If you see what the cop, if you like, I. I'm going to obviously like talk about my failures. I think it's really important to be able to discuss that side of things as well and own that. Um, So for me, my failures have been that I am, what's the word? Um, I've only recently gotten an accountant. So, and I've been doing this since 2014. Yeah. Which means that I've only recently realised you're supposed to like be saving your money. Do you know what I used to do as a failure as well, right? Hmm. So Supreme, yeah. Supreme has an app. For those that know, Supreme is a it's like a cult clothing line. There's always a queue outside the shop. Always, there was, yeah. there'll always be a queue. You need tickets to even get get a spot in the queue. You're better off better off sleeping the night before. But you can download the app, and the app will send you a notification every Thursday morning that there's a new collection that has dropped. But 
These clothes are very expensive. It's streetwear, so it's T-shirts, hoodies, jumpers and random kitsch items. Like, you know, you can get a Supreme toothbrush for like 15, 20 pounds. People resell it for like 50 mm-hmm. to 70 pounds. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that I used to and still do sometimes spend a lot of money on Supreme. And <laughs> what, the thing is, when I'm, do, when I'm doing it, it's, the reason why it's a failure is because when I'm doing it, I'm using, I'm using buying something as a way to like feel... Like I'm rewarding myself, but mm. in a way, if you're using if you're using spending money on something to reward yourself, you're kind of also financially punishing yourself too. For sure, because that's now money that's that you could have put to better use. Like you could have put that towards your rent or covering your bills for the next two months. So that's something that I'm still in the process of learning to do in terms of being financially um, responsible. Responsible. Um, Nikwe, what yeah. item did you bring with you? Um, I, I I basically came across this. Um, this quote from Aisha Akanbi. Love her. And, yeah, she's um, a real G word. She's a real G. Yeah, it's only a few lines, but it kind of hit me. Go on. In terms of what I'm dealing with at the moment. So she, she basically said, higher education makes you knowledgeable, but an acceptance and interrogation of your darkness makes you wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, and I just, in terms of like, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm really on that at the moment. Like, really shining a, a light on my own darkness and, and my own past and my own history and my own traumas and my own whatevers. Because we all have them. Yeah. You know, and understanding how those things impact the decisions that we make now and yes. impact other people. Mm. And probably the most important is how that impacts on my son. Mm. You, you know, have a son? Yeah, I have a son. How yeah. old is your son? So he's 11. <gasps> yeah, he's 11. Oh. And he's, he's getting to that point where he's... I've always had a relationship with him where he can be open to express himself and what he's thinking and feeling and my own uh, shortcomings. I've always oh, wow. been open. I've always encouraged him to be open with me about that. So is that, that you oh, wow. telling him where you feel like you're falling short as well? Yeah. Or him, him yeah. saying to you, I don't think you're doing this. That. Yeah, on a, on a basic level, you know, if, you know, my son has always seen my work. You know, I will take him when I'm painting and he's cool to hang and chat to people and whatnot. And I'll say to him, you know, does the eyes look right? And he'll go, nah, it doesn't look right, dad. You need to change this. And he will actually see me change those things. It's not a big deal to be able to critique his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've tried to, like, obviously that's my comfort zone, but I've also tried to, like, do that in other aspects of my life. So, yeah, I'm just really aware that, like, our darkness is is almost like like a car, and there's a steering wheel and our darkness is, is holding onto the steering wheel and mm. steering us into what direction we're going in our life. And if we're not mm. aware, then sometimes we can get ourselves down certain cul-de-sacs. And also we or can get... Cliff. A, yeah. <laughs> so we can get our family and, and, and those that are dear to us uh, also down a cliff. I'm very aware of that. So. Do you know what's really important that stuck with me about what you were saying in regards to your relationship with your son was that, and this is something that isn't practised heavily in um, like Eastern cultures, is the fact that you create room for your son to critique you, but not just that, you actually make changes based on what he said. And that's really important for a child to be able to do that. What you don't realise you're doing is that you are allowing him to believe that he's a valuable person Mm. that actually has a say in the world. Mm. And what tends to happen with a lot of parents um, 
is that they create this dynamic between them and their child where they're the dictator and their child is always going to be below them because they are a child. So it means that you grow up, even as an adult, feeling quite intellectually inferior, but also it makes you really question your own emotions and you tend to feel like, you know, what you have to say isn't really as valuable. So you end up becoming quite either a passive aggressive person or you rarely ever express yourself. So what you don't realise you're doing, maybe you do realise it, I don't know, is that you're cultivating a really um, healthy environment for a young man. And I think that's so, so, so key. And I really do believe that that's going to influence the way that he approaches the question of what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it means that he'll be a lot more confident in knowing that he can be a lot more things than he probably would have said he wanted to be if he was nurtured in an environment where, you know, if he said to if he said to you, Dad, I think that eye is kind of like not balanced. And you said to him, come on, what do you know? Stupid boy. Sit down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not OK. So I really want to thank you for doing that, even though it's your child. But still, like, it's important, it's so so important, important especially for the next that. generation, because yeah. I think I was maybe like in like early 20s. The first time I told my parents something and they took my advice and that just blew my <gasps> mind. I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> I'm actually like, a person. Yeah, do you understand? <laughs> and then it got to a point where obviously like, I've, I've started doing well in my career and stuff like that but it got to a point where now my mum would be asking me be like oh what should I do with this or my dad would call me and say boy like and my dad's a very like he's a very like proud man but he's even always been cool <laughs> oh, yeah. but he'll hit me up and be like so boy look at the moment I'm managing this at the moment how do you think I should handle it and I have to Aww. take a second back and be like oh yeah. he's asking you know this the is the dynamics my... have changed yeah, yeah do you understand so I think it's important because like you said it empowers them and on top of that yeah. it, empower, it empowers them that their story has value do you understand right. what I'm saying and, and I'm sure like Floss, you can agree that the, mm. the importance of having to tell your story. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah, for sure. I no, it, it tells it tells children that their voice matters, and I think mm. that's something that we do have to retrain ourselves. Is that you know, um, so many people ask me all the time, "How do you go into a room and speak speak confidently?" And I think you you have to tell yourself, "My voice is important," mm. and it's yes. just telling yourself, "My voice is important. I deserve to be here." Yeah. You know, I spoke on briefly on, on imposter syndrome and not feeling like you belong in spaces, <laughs> um, just because of like a you know, I'm I'm so young and I feel like what am I doing here you know this is this isn't right I've got everything everything's just been luck or you know this has just happened I've not Mm-mm. really done anything and th- that's the voice inside your head that will always tell you that but I think what is really important what you're doing is just yeah like Chidera said creating space for this person this your son to feel like they have a voice and that their voice is valid mm. and that they can be heard um yeah. But you know what Florence I also have that same imposter syndrome where I feel like I'm too young to be but what happened it's weird because pe- mm-hmm. one one half of the 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 encouragement is wow you're so young and you're so intelligent and I'm glad you know all these things yes. come and come and speak here come and do this but then the other half is people or like the imaginary people but also somehow people that you've come across or yeah. people you've read things yeah. saying stuff like yeah but like you're like literally like 19 you're literally 23 yeah, you're, you're sorry literally 20 yeah. you're literally 23 like what do you how can you be speaking with so much authority on something that people who are like in their 40s speak mm-hmm. on and for me that is something I chal- I deal with daily where I often feel like oh it's a bit of a bittersweet situation I'm in yeah. because I do re- I do know that I know a lot for a 23 mm. year old yeah but I also recognize that I'm still in the process of learning a lot too exactly but then yeah. people tend to project you know this idea that wow you know a lot of things come mm-hmm. and talk and whilst I do agree that I know a lot of things and I can talk what does make me feel a little bit nervous is when I see women that are that occupy similar spaces to me that are a couple or even a few more years older than me Mm. um 
And the because I, I see people saying a few things about me indirectly where they're like, oh, like all these like young, like 23, under 25s who like suddenly discover feminism and are talking and all this nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah. I hear, I hear a lot of condescending Like they tones. paved the way for us. Right. And I get that all the time. It's, yes, some people, it's very patronising. Right. And it can be very kind of, yeah, kind of condescending. And which I don't understand because literally all we're trying to do is uplift people, <laughs> like, right? This is the result you wanted. There yeah, are now people, you've got sure. new members. Why yeah. are you now mad? So on the topic, I want to segue from this topic of trolls and people kind of like online trying to antagonise you because Michelle talks about it as well she talks about having to deal with that and you can imagine being the first lady the level at which she had to deal with it I'm I mean, being black yeah, yeah exactly she's talking about I mean that she's talking about there was like a bullet hole in one of the walls like because someone tried to shoot into the white so we're talking about deeper than trolls innit but oh, I'm wondering Nikwe like in the same way have you like what, what what's your been your experience of having to deal with that kind of backlash or what is what is I mean what you do I kind of feel like where can you find any fault with it do you understand what I'm saying because obviously you guys have articulated very like kind of like like not necessarily coherent but understandable arguments as to why people are against you yeah. and what and your message and why there may be conflict so with you is there is there like a similar dynamic is there anything that you've had to kind of like overcome because because of your message what it's about who you are where you're from you know um Last year, I was um, filmed by uh, Channel 4 and um, based on the You Are Enough series. And um, bearing in mind that the people that I painted are people, are family members and people from my social circles. Yeah. So these people I know and love. And um, the Channel 4 um, feature came out, uh, it was Sunday, primetime. Um, primetime. And I got, I got, I got a call. <laughs> like a couple of minutes into the um, it being aired. In fact, no, I didn't get caught. I got many calls. People oh, saying, don't go online. Why? Don't go online. Like, it was mad. It was, it was such a polarised response to the feature. It was either absolute, like, big up, so much love for what I was doing, or absolute hate. Wait, why that were people... I because I, because essentially I was painting oh. large-scale portraits of black women in the streets of London. And people were going nuts for it. They were absolutely going nuts. And... It really made me realise that... Wait, so what when, were the negative... I'm trying to understand what's wrong here. What were the negative things being said? Essentially racism. That the, I was... Oh. That how, how dare I paint black women so big in London? Wow. They couldn't get their head around it. They couldn't get their head around that it was a self-initiated project. They 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 were like, how can the council allow this? And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even going to go into it because I, yeah. I don't want to give it that much light. Yeah. But what it showed me is that when you make meaningful work, because I was listening to when you guys were talking, when you make meaningful work, there's going to be people that love and there's going to be people that mm-hmm. hate and yeah. that's just part Can't of it. It's like, Where do you think that hate comes from and what's the reasoning behind it? Do you know? It's, I, I looked at it as a, a, um, a loss of control. Oh, why like, control? It's, it's that like, for me to get my cans, get my ladder, get my inspiration, to find a wall, to paint so big, to, 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 to represent... Uh, um, a, a, a section of our community that are, are unrepresented so unapologetically and without permission. Um, people feared that. The people that were commenting negatively were in fear of what that represented and what that message that was being sent out. And, you know, doing it, you know, by that time I'd been spending, I'd spent like six months doing this this project, yeah. but it was then for it to be on the platform. That's why, you know, the fact that it was on prime time was significant 
because it was like going to the homes of so many people and mm-hmm. then all then, over the UK yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it went online and then I was getting calls from you know, I ended up going West Washington Post, like BBC, Jeez. ITV. Yeah. It was, it was all over. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I said, I'm very aware of the context in which work, the work was being made in as well. You know, it was around the time of the, the Women's March. It was um, around the time of Trump. It was also around the time of the um, conversation on unequal pay. So, yeah, I was, I was very aware that this this work was was gathering momentum because of the context as well. And yeah, people were upset. And, and, and also it was this thing as well, as you know, it's like, let's be real, like a man painting women in this way. There's a lot of fragile egos out there. And I was aware that that was an assault on, on, on those minds as well. But then I feel like on the other side of the conversation, it's so important, like seeing a black man um, celebrating black women, yeah. seeing a black man using his tools and his platform and his passion yeah. to introduce and start an important conversation about adoring blackness. Like there are so many ways this can be looked at wonderfully. Um, it's, a, it's a fine line, isn't it? We should be open to critique because that also feeds into the understanding that every move we make, we're not, we're not perfect and we're, yeah. we're working towards that. Uh, but at the same time, we can't just be this like sort of dumping place for everybody else's issues. Yeah, you know? oh 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even if you're an artist or an activist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, just let, you just let other people's insecurities dictate yeah, your own yeah. happiness yeah. then. Yeah, you're uh-huh. not talk, they're not talking to you. They're talking about themselves. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So my question for both of you is like, how do you actually effectively be an artist without losing yourself mm. or without damaging relationships with people? And how are you effectively an activist without losing yourself and severing or damaging relationships with other people? Um, I think that it's, it's... I'm going to talk about my parents because I think that's the biggest oh, thing. Also, you know, <laughs> ha- having having white parents and then talking to parents about things that I'm learning about myself. Even the concept of white privilege is... You Where know, are your parents? What's your parents' background, if you don't, just to give it context? Um, so my mum grew up in Plymouth, which is where I'm from. Oh, OK. Um, and my dad grew up in Liverpool. Oh, OK, then. Um, so, yeah, they're, it's it's one of those things where it, even, I mean, white privilege, even talking, having that conversation with my parents and being like, OK, so just to let you know that, you know, everything you've worked for hasn't been untouched by this thing, that this privilege, this... And even explaining that to parents or even my white friends from home, it's, it's something so new. And that yeah. I find myself getting angry at them and I'm like no because that was you a year ago two years ago whenever (laughs) and then you got it it's like drip feeding these concepts to people which is what you were saying and then just kind of so I always make sure to call my mum up about these things I'll be like hey so um I I I explain my posts to her and I explain what's going on in the world sometimes and I kind of drip feed things to my parents I think and I think that is how I keep myself sane in talking about this and also being extending the same kindness to others that was extended to me when I was humility, learning. Yeah, humility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love that. Yeah. What about you, Nikwe? Um, say again? So how do you manage to um, maintain being an artist without feeling the pressure to make people understand you or make people see the world how you see it? Okay, that's something I struggle with to this day. Yeah. So that's that's at least you're honest. Yeah, yeah. I struggle with it because I am that person, you know, anybody that's close to me will will tell you that I'm like, I don't get it. (laughs) How? How can you not see this? You know, some basic stuff. And I'm like, um, but you know, we have to remain humble in in its in a in in its truest sense. We have to strive to to remain humble and understand that um there's somebody looking at us 
and saying, why did why doesn't uh, yeah, he get it? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Um, you know, the minute the minute we think we are the authority and nobody else gets it but us, we're finished. Yeah, mm. you're saying and word authority. You know, I'm learning yeah. that as yeah. an activist and artist, you're not an authority exactly. to someone on anything yeah. just because you know. You're something. not even an authority to yourself. No, true. true. I'm saying, true. drag me to hell. So there's that, and you know, you know that thing when um, somebody sees you and they say, "Oh, you look like just like how you were at school." That's cool. That's a big up. Yeah. yeah. But when somebody says you're just like how you, like I knew you ten years ago, that's yeah, problematic. Yeah, it's true. I don't want, no, I don't want yeah. no one to tell me I'm just like I was two years I ago. You changed. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear you like, change. Yeah. So, so if you imagine, right, like you are striving to change. Yeah? As a creative person, you should be doing that. You should be striving to grow, to evolve, and to change. Yeah. And then you have people who say they want to do that because that's usually you try to have people around you of the yeah, same mindset yeah, yeah. so people who say they want to do that but then you're looking to the left and right and they're actually just saying something different yeah then what's going to happen is at some point you're not going to be in the same lane yeah yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna leave people behind yeah. and then they're looking at you like oh, i see I knew it was going to happen. Man, man's goal man's stushing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit of t- TV got, and now got he thinks... Obama plug. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, you know, My him. parents do that to me. And that's something I find really hard to talk about. Like the fact that like ever since I've been on this journey, like it's like, I don't know if anybody who's listening relates to this, but it's like the better my career gets, the worse my relationship with my parents becomes. Because again, it's like you were mentioning earlier about control. And when you have success and access to you know being on tv and being able to make your own money it means that people now have less of an ability to tell you who you are yeah and that's something that is quite threatening yeah um when you're around people who don't really understand um why you've grown and why you're being celebrated you now have to sort of shrink yourself. Oh, yeah. So it's constantly... Yeah, because um, they see you in but, one but context, that they're accustomed to yeah. you. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. That's it doesn't like, it, work. it only works yeah. for a period of time. And then what you realise is that those people, like you said, are projecting their stuff on you. Mm-hmm. And that's why originally when we were talking, I talked about this This is where I'm at right now. Like, you know, you might speak to Jeff in a year's time and say something <laughs> different. But I'm realising that we build structures and when I say that in, a, in its, its loosest term in terms of like maybe we build organizations or a little crew or a little movement we build them based on our childhood traumas and our inability to shine a light on our childhood traumas that's why that quote was so like impactful for me because you you know you might look at this like movement or, or, or this group of people who are moving and you know there's a, there's a there's a person who's the driving force of that 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 particular thing and when you actually look at their motivation it's they're messed up, and, <laughs> and yeah, artists in generally tend to be yeah. yeah. And and you know you know even look at it in on a wider context. You know, look at music, and you look at someone like fifteen years ago and the kind of music they were making, or the, or the, you know, if there was art, whatever it is, and then everybody's thinking that that whatever that person's saying is the gospel. And then fifteen years, twenty years down the line, and they're a different person and they've grown and evolved, and like. Some of us are still trying to hold on to what that person said 15 years ago. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh It's like we we have to... I really wish that we grow as as, as a society into understanding that wherever wherever anybody is at that particular time, Mm. it's for that particular time. And we have to factor in. So like when you make your... You know, you do put some things online, you don't feel like that post is, you know... 
oh my God, it's going to be online forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you're allowed. You yeah. must be allowed. With the internet now, it's so hard because everything is documented. And yeah. I don't think we are allowed to. Well, we are. We should be allowed to grow, but we're we're not really. People always drag things up from mm. a few years ago. And I think that the internet can sometimes prevent people um, and from it can sometimes stagnate your growth because you're not allowed to be because you said something five years ago yeah especially with that kind of thing and i think it, it can um you know where's the years of being in our 20s or whatever what pre-internet where you know you could just evolve and be yeah, that person yeah, yeah, yeah. and you meet people as they are and you accept that person and if they want to tell you about their past they can but now because everything is documented like the music videos 15 years ago as you were saying we we, we hold that person for who they were 15 yeah. years ago, which is ridiculous because everything's documented. We don't allow people to fall over and make mistakes and, you know, learn from them. This is crazy. Yeah. Right. So before we wrap, I want to ask everyone, because this is what we do here on This Is Spoke podcast, because everything is always going to be about us being on the same level and learning from each other. So I want to ask everyone in this room, what have you learned today? Okay. While you're thinking, I'll start with my answer. Okay, cool, cool. So, um... I learned from Nikwe, and this is such a, it's such a very specific thing, but it still really stuck with me about putting your child in the position where they get to critique you. It's so important. I keep on emphasizing on it because it's so important to allow children to believe that they can create change in the world and even change their parents. It's so key because that really does influence the way you approach your own life. So that's really sticking with me because I want to be able to speak to myself in that way and nurture my inner child in that way where I can actually take my own advice. That's literally what it means. I need to just learn to take my own advice and believe that I can lead myself. So that way of seeing how you have that relationship with a child has inspired me to have a more collaborative relationship with my inner child. Mm. Um, I think for me, I think, Floss, you actually um, educated me on quite a good approach. So I'm a bit like Nikwe. If someone doesn't, if I try to tell you something and you don't get it, I'm like, you know what, do is your life, do your thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I think, I know, I know. It must be a Ghanaian thing, innit? But I, I just feel like when you mentioned the whole drip feed kind of approach, I thought, you know yeah. what, maybe I should invest some time into seeing how that works out. Where, yeah. yeah. Where give, gradually giving people time to come become familiar and understand mm. the concept rather than just being like, all right, cool, then do your thing, you know? It's so, not your responsibility then. You're, yeah. you're not having to like pander to this person and make sure that they get there. You mm. get, you're, not, you're not taking on all of this emotional <laughs> labour. You're just like leaving them with a little bit, come back, come back a few days later, maybe that's kind of mulled over and then that's what I do with my that's parents. the principle there's like a wow. book there's a book like how to win friends and influence people I feel like it? that should be a chapter in the book like yeah, somewhere yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like, see, I yeah no for that. sure because it can, it can be very frustrating yeah. That, yeah that was my lesson did you learn anything today Florence? yeah I was going to say um, about not about what Nikwe said as well um, about how you're raising your son and I thought that was so important because I've never, I've never even heard I don't think I've even heard that parenting narrative Me before neither. and I, th- I think that really that really shook me. I was like, wow, you, you know, you actually allow your son to not, not that it's like wild, but um, I, I just, I just find it really inspiring that, that um, you are giving younger people the chance to critique you because I th- I feel like 
when we don't do that with children, we often put our, we put the responsibility of our inter- intellect and our worth as human beings into institutions like schools. So with your quote with about higher education and how that not um, makes you knowledgeable, but then, you know, when you grow from your darkness and you, you unpack that darkness, that's where the real knowledge comes from. And I think that quote really stuck with me because I resonate with that on every single level. And then how you spoke about um, you're being entirely transparent with your child and your son and about him... Um, just being open open to critique you and the world around him, it's just so important. And I, that's really stuck with me today, especially the quote. For me, um, I, as, as, a, as a, you know, large part of, you know, my day to day is, is, is really thinking about my art and uh, as a self-employed artist, <clears throat> I think sometimes it can be a very lonely road and being an artist is not just about making the art or the kind of work that I'm trying to make. It's also about making sense of the world that's around me. And it's not like going into an office where you can talk to the person to the left and talk to the right. You know, it's not really like that. It's 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 not always that I get the opportunity to... The things that I'm seeing and I'm feeling, I'm thinking, mm, this, is, this is what it is, is to put it alongside others and see how it sits with them. And I think being in this environment and seeing that, okay, some of the things that I've been feeling and thinking... I've been shared by all of us. We're all feeling and thinking that same thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a, a, a lovely um, experience to to know that. Um, okay, I'm not going a bit mad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been shared by others. Well, thank you so much, Nikwe and Florence, for you. sharing yourselves Thanks about us. sharing your story and having a wonderful discussion about who you wanted to be, who you've become, and who you are on your way to. Hashtag becoming. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves. I'm Paige DeSorbo. I'm Hannah Burner. Welcome to the squad. Giggly Squad started on Summer House when we were giggling during an inappropriate time. But of course, we can't be managed. So we decided to start this podcast to continue giggling. We will make fun of pop culture news. We're watching. Fashion trends. Pep talks where we give advice. Mental health moments. And games and guests. Listen to Giggly Squad on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>